The growing calls across the nation to defund the police. To end policing as we know it. Off the charts violence in New York City. 11 people shot in just eight hours on this is Sunday. About the police officers, officers who every single day put on that uniform and they run towards danger when we run away from it. Guns up, giddy up, welcome to Failure to Stop. Last call of the day, all the news. You don't sound like a first responder to your civilian friends, right? We gotta have something to talk about, be a little bit more well-rounded, and you're not gonna go to mainstream media, no, because nobody trusts it. Nobody trusts mainstream media, and we get that. That's what this show was created for, and listen, it's frankly exploded. It's um, it, it goes back and forth for number two show on this Failure to Stop channel. We do five shows a week on the Failure to Stop channel, starting every Monday with uh, Jay Durrell, a little uncuffed, which is uh, Police Headlines, brought to you by a comedian, Jay, Dur- Jay Durrell White. We have True Crime Tuesdays with Andrea. You've got Last Call with myself, and then you've got Thursday with Jonathan Bates and Drew Breezy, and then you got Fridays with Drew Breezy. Um, and, and of course I'm here with my co-host on last call, Josh from dead Leg media, who does all of our fact checking and all the stuff and helps me get through this news. That is so very important because listen, we created this show because cops sound like idiots over the weekend when somebody's trying to talk about something other than the job and they have no idea what's going on out there. And so this show is probably one of the more important shows on this channel for first responders, because like I said, it gives you something else to talk about other than dead babies and domestic violence. Today's show is brought to you by stamps.com who uh, takes care of all of our mail. And you should have them take care of all your mail as well. You can mail right from the comforts of your own home. Never go to the post office again. Just don't ever do it. Use stamps.com. And then also we have manscaped this month again, uh, manscaped it's tax season. So you get a little bit of a refund, get you that, get you that, Manscaped 4.0 package. Also, Father's Day is coming around the corner. So for all you ladies out there, get your man a gift that can keep on giving. And that's a clean set of pubes, a clean bush. And then we have ghostbed.com forward slash Wolfpack. Sleep so good, it's scary. I don't have to talk to you about Ghostbed so much because you guys all know how much we love them, how much we support them, and how much they support us. And they support first responders. And we all know the mental health starts with a good night's sleep. And GhostBed is there for you. It's beds that are made in the good old USA. Uh, 0% down, 0% financing. They have the adjustable base. They have the cooling technology, which is the most important thing to me. I cannot go anywhere without my GhostBed. Listen, I, I stay in hotels a lot and I travel a lot. And so having my GhostBed pillow with me, although it's not my GhostBed mattress, the GhostBed pillow makes me feel like I'm a little bit, it's like having a teddy bear. The GhostBed pillow is like my teddy bear at a sleepover. I don't have my mom and daddy at the sleepover. But I have my teddy, and that's just, and that'll, that'll get me through. And that's what my ghost bed pillow does. I travel with my ghost bed pillow. I will not sleep on a hotel bed without my ghost bed pillow. Um, I won't spend the night at a friend's house without my ghost bed pillow. Oh, I need to get this ticker off because the show has started. Um, Josh, if you'll take care of that for me. That's uh, never the one mind. thing I, I don't know how to do. I got it. I fixed it. Um, but anyway, guys, thank you so much. We have a lot of news to jump into today. First, we've got uh, just massive across the board corruption and as a law enforcement officer as first responders this should be important to you because i feel like it really starts on the front lines really starts with the everyday cop starts with the everyday first responder who bows and bends the knee to the corrupt higher-ups maybe you do it for money maybe you do it for uh, 
Maybe you do it for promotion. Most of you do it for promotion. Most of you do it just because you don't want the headache of what's to follow. You don't want the drama. And I'm telling you that that leads to where we're at right now. It's people making choices like that, taking the easy road, taking the easy left rather than the harder right turn in the road. And that's what's gotten us to just in unprecedented, and I hate that word, amount of corruption going on at the highest levels of government. And, and frankly, right now, it's so in your face. It's so inherent, inherently bad and corrupt that it's, it, you know, we used to throw that around in, in the Clinton days. We used to throw that around in the Bush days. And I'm not sure we actually knew the amount of corruption, but now it has gotten to a level that is almost juvenile. It's almost elementary. It's something straight out of a Sopranos movie. I'd like to start uh, real quick. If you throw this up on the screen for me, Josh, this is the U.S. Supreme Court. Um and I don't know if you you have this out there or not, but we'll, we'll start with this. I know that I think you probably have the Durham report up, um, so don't worry about that. I'm going to get to the Durham report next. Now, this is another case that has just come out. If you, any of you guys know the Cuomo, uh, the Cuomo bribes, um, and, and fortunate, unfortunately, Cuomo never really got to to have his day in court for this because he uh, had a sexual harassment suit that kind of stole the headlines. But um, before the sexual harassment suits came out, there was a big suit where his aide um, or his ex-aide, Joseph Prococo, um, was taking hundreds of thousands of dollars in bribes, um, bribing to build things. Hey, we'll build this building if you give me $36,000. We'll go ahead and skip the union process and just let you get to building it for $36,000. And if anybody knows what that means, that's not for a small business, right? So my small business took two years to get open because of all the red tape. And what's going on in New York is the union or the mafia, that very mob-like mentality where it's like, hey, you know, I know a union guy, give him $36,000 and we'll get your shit built. And we won't have any inspections and, you know, we won't have any red tape to get through. Um, and and they had proven up to over $300,000 in bribes. Um, and so it, it, they got found guilty in the lesser courts. We went to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court tossed it out because they feel like the jury wasn't, uh, wasn't briefed correctly. So a minor clerical error had this dismissed completely. So there's going to be no punishments for Cuomo and no punishments for the aides who were found guilty of taking over $300,000 in, in bribes. Basically it was uh, so apparent that they even, they even consider this ZD bribes uh, based on the movie, the Sopranos. This is the courts are calling it that. So uh, very, very corrupt. And the department of justice, all nine department of justice uh, vote nine to zero that, uh, that this case should be thrown out based on the jury's, briefing the jury's brief now if you've ever been to a jury's briefing it's read from a piece of paper you, you literally pick up a piece of paper and you read the same thing over again so how do you mess that up or how does that get messed up it probably wasn't messed up but the doj found a thing and just like this isn't the only time that they've they've done this when it comes to corruption uh they did it with chris christie um they've done it with uh several other uh, politicians and what does this mean for us is what it means is that the department of justice is saying that we don't care about bribes. We don't care. Even though it is criminal, even though they found guilty in court, the Department of Justice, Biden's DOJ, 
is just going to throw this out and is and there's nothing wrong. This also comes in the same week that Hunter Biden uh, is being investigated by the Internal Revenues uh, investigators and a whistleblower who who, who came out about uh, Hunter Biden's attack offenses. He was just forced to resign, and the investigation has been closed by Joe Biden himself. How does that work? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you'll have to do that research on your own. Uh, but this is all coming into the same week as the Durham report. The Durham report, the full report has been released and it doesn't look good. And so widespread real corruption going on here from Cuomo's bribes to Joe, uh, Hunter Biden's taxes. Um, I mean, it just goes on. Oh, and Google, the founder, the co-founder of Google, has just mysteriously disappeared now that he's been subpoenaed for sex trafficking in the Epstein case and providing money and taking money from Epstein and giving money to Epstein and being on the island. And he was subpoenaed to testify in court. He's disappeared, completely gone. They can't find him. They can't find him. We're going to get into that as well. Uh, but it's basically just saying that, listen, the rich oligarchs, the oligarchy that we live in right now, can do whatever they want. Imagine... If I didn't pay my taxes, I was actually just talking to a guy who's, who's helping us build the new studio. And he says that he was a trucker for four years after he got out of the military and um, was trying to get his family out of debt because uh, he was on a private contract overseas and, and didn't get paid what he was supposed to get paid and fell into some debt and tried to get it fixed out. Anyway, he, because of fees and taxes, he lives in an RV with his two children. Because of all the fees and stuff added to him not pay, doing his taxes right for four years, the IRS is after him for $80,000. This dude doesn't have a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out. Literally, he lives in an RV in a camper, and he runs drywall and construction at apartment buildings for a living. The dude never stops working, and he owes the IRS $80,000, which is ruining his life. They've repoed his vehicles. Uh, he lost his house. He's lost he's everything. A, and now he's a veteran he, too, isn't he? Huh? Oh, yeah. He's a veteran too. Yeah. Uh, like a four-time veteran, uh, a four-time Iraq veteran. And so is his wife. And um, and and he's just, you know, right now he's trying to stay out of jail and trying to pay off these taxes for four years of fucked up taxes that accounted for $80,000. And he didn't even make $80,000 in a year. But because of all, it's just chaos. But here we have somebody that bribes somebody for he takes three hundred and fifteen thousand dollars in bribes. We've got Hunter Biden's uh, just atrocious tax again. The Internal Revenue going after him, uh, and that all of those just go away for the rich, for this rich, for these rich oligarchs, for these guys. And it goes on both sides. Chris, Chris, Chrisley, Republican. All of the, he was he was in trouble for bri taking bribes as well, and that all got thrown out for something very similar to uh, a jury not being read the proper form. And so they just throw it out, right? So basically, the Department of Justice is saying, we don't care about crime. We don't care about what's criminal. And, and if you think I'm exaggerating here, I'm going to play you a clip right now that's coming from the new Durham report. Uh, go ahead and put this up, uh, Deadleg, and play this for our audience. Who I voted for and who's my friend. Oh, no, 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 no not this one. Uh, go to the other one for me. The Durham report. And, uh, These aren't House Republicans. This, And I will read a quote Durham report. Um. A number of colleagues, and frankly, it's bolstered by the Durham report, is that there are some agents at the FBI who acted outside the lines. Again, I will read a quote from the Durham report. These aren't House Republicans. 
This is the Durham report conducted uh, from within law enforcement. The FBI, quote, the FBI failed to uphold their mission of strict fidelity to the law. They also point out that an FBI agent knowingly made misrepresentations to the FISA court. It's a violation of law. Who's being held accountable? And so the concerns are, you know, we support men and women in law enforcement. Nobody supports dirty cops. And if there's dirty cops, they need to be rooted out. And we want to start seeing that level of accountability. And the Durham report shows you a roadmap of where uh, some of that accountability needs to be administered. They need to do their job. Basically, what he's saying, what's coming out of the Durham report is, by the way, if you haven't read the Durham report, I encourage every single one of you, uh, pull your patrol car over and just give it a quick Google. And, and just, you know, it, one, it's like 300 pages, so I'm not saying read all 300 pages, but basically read the synopsis, um, go down and look at the chapters that, that look in, in, uh, fascinating to you. But I mean, this whole Durham report, and I've gone through it, is absolutely atrocious. It is proof that Hillary Clinton tried to rig the election. She was in cahoots with the CIA and with with Obama himself and with the FBI. Um, and then what you have is a uh, an, a, an attorney here that we're about to play a clip from, who Harvard instructor, um, and you guys know this guy. What's his name? Deadleg. Uh, 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 jo- Joshuaitz. Um, Joshua, you've, yeah. are, you've heard the name. Alan Dershowitz. Alan Dershowitz, old Al, and um, and and he represented with with uh, he represented Trump, even though he's a staunch Democrat. But he had to to go before um, Congress uh, when they tried to impeach and show him that it was unconstitutional to impeach Trump on what they did, and, and and Trump won that impeachment because they had zero grounds constitutionally to impeach him. And so this this guy is, you know, I mean, I'd like to say he's a little bit objective, even even though uh, given his political affiliations. Um, but even when he read the Durham report, it's so foul and so bad. And his excuse, as objective as he's trying to be, I listened to his entire report. Um, he makes the excuse that these players, um, though they were unconstitutional, were doing it to protect national security because they didn't want somebody as dangerous as Trump. And now I would really like to know the facts and I'd like to have the evidence of what made Trump dangerous if if we know that the Durham report is fake if, if we I mean well the Durham report is real but if we know that by the Durham report that Russia collusion and Russia gate was all completely fake uh, that none of it was true and that most of the documents were in fact made up and crimes were made up uh, if we know that this was fake then what danger did he pose to national Security, I don't know. I haven't found that yet in my own research. Maybe you, uh, the the police officer that's bored in your police car on this Wednesday afternoon, this Thursday afternoon, that you could take the time out of your day and just tell, just give me the facts. If you're maybe maybe you lean left and you hate Trump, I would like to know the evidence that shows that he's a danger. And you can't use Russia collusion because the, the, this report, which was done by the F, by a senior FBI advisor, it, it all comes back again. And we knew this that it came back to Hillary Clinton, but now it's even worse than we thought. Because now we have real crimes that have been committed by other people in the FBI um, who have really falsely testified, falsely sworn to things that just did not exist, that were fundamentally not true. Um, They didn't misspeak. And this is really bad. And so here you have uh, Alan Dershowitz, uh, again, not a Trump fan at all. This is he this is what he says about the new Durham report. Go ahead and play this clip for us. Durham report shows 
is that there was an absolute double standard, that they had far more evidence to go after Hillary Clinton, who I voted for and who's my friend, who I supported and who I contributed to. But the report says there was far more objective, verified intelligence to open up an investigation of Hillary Clinton than it was to open up an investigation of Donald Trump, but that people in the FBI and other agencies of government saw the evidence through the prism of bias against Trump and in favor of Clinton. And it wasn't only partisan bias. There were Republicans as well who were very concerned, and I understand why, mm -hmm. very concerned that if Trump were elected, it would harm the national security of the United States. And so they were prepared to stretch the law, stretch the facts, stretch the Constitution, and do whatever it took to do what they believe. Yeah, and he goes on to say that they did it for a good reason, that that although they did it for a good cause, and that was to protect national security, they did break the Constitution. They did break the law. Now, this is a Harvard student. This is a Harvard uh, professor, tenured professor, whose whole job in life is, is Constitution and reading the Constitution and protecting the rights. And even he says that if you look at this objectively, it's it, it, you have to go and you have to look at, at Hillary Clinton that this needs to be investigated. Either way, uh, the takeaways from the Durham report are absolutely something that you should look into. And, and uh, again, this is all part of the Department of Justice, who, again, we just started the show off with all nine let go a guy who took three hundred thousand dollars in bribes on a on a technicality that doesn't really exist. And they've used the same technicalities for two other um, well-known, even Republicans. And so you, you hear when Mr. Delshowitz says uh, that. um, um that it was even Republicans. The, this is big government. The only, the only security, the, the only thing that Trump threatened was the people who were lining their pockets through horrendous corruption. And they thought that that was going to be the threat, not a threat to national security, a threat to their way of life, a threat to the way that they have been doing things. The same with Robert Kennedy Jr., Robert Kennedy Jr., they're afraid of Robert Kennedy Jr. the same way, the same way that they were afraid of John F. Kennedy, the same way. Whenever somebody starts going in there and saying, listen, the CIA is corrupt, the FBI is corrupt, these politicians, these career politicians who have no life experience outside of politics and, and school, they are the ones who corrupt. The whole system comes together to get these guys out. Really, that's what you're seeing out of this whole Durham report. The only people that were not involved with the Russia Trump collusion stuff were Russia and Trump. Like everybody else was involved. Not only that, like it, it stems from that. They just goes further because you have people within the government circumventing the will of the people that like that is a coup. That is, that is, that is literally the definition of treason. Like the, the the last couple of things, like every little bit more that keeps coming out with with this, with the Hunter Biden stuff, with with the Twitter file, like with every little bit that comes out, it's I, I just wonder what's going to be the match point. Where's what's, what's going to be the American people are just going to finally say, hey, look, we have a constitution that says we vote for this stuff. You don't get to just ram shit down our throat. So you don't take away our debates. You don't take away that. You don't. You don't just. This is going to be who it is, and we just don't. We don't play by that. We haven't played by that for the entire history of this country, but we're just going to make up our own rules. We're going to do our own stuff because we're going to say that this is vital. national. Well, put him on stage. Let him go out there and make an ass of himself. Put a microphone in front of him. 
if someone goes out there, that that's one great thing about these like podcast or longer form debates. You can go out there for 10 or 15 minutes and keep up a, a, a crowd. You can keep up a routine, a ruse or whatever. But after like 30 or 45 minutes, that shit starts to wear off. So that's why like you get people like on Joe Rogan, like, like that's why you get more longer form content stuff because you get to see that. Not only that, we're the American people. We get to decide what's vital for national security. So if Trump in office is vital to national security, if that's a problem, so how many yeah, Because I feel like the Biden's is, is more of a threat to national security. A balloon flying across <laughs> the United States, that's not vital to national security. That's not an issue. You know, uh, poking the bear of Russia and China. <laughs> is that not a threat to national security? You know what Send I mean? Billions and billions of dollars to another country that, that we've got what from like the only thing that I can for sure say that we've got from that country is our current president bragging about something that we tried to impeach Trump for. Like it's like the level of corruption and the, the level of, of how bad it is. It's, it's scary. That's what it is. It's legitimately scary because this is the stuff that happens in third world countries. This is the stuff that happens before revolutions. Like this, these are the catalysts. These are the, the we, we start a revolution over a tax for tea. Yeah. That's a good our, point. Our sitting president with a former president and a potential candidate use the intelligence community to circumvent the will of the American people. We, over T, T versus the will of the American, I like, like it, it's, it's, this is incredible levels of corruption. And it's just, the thing is, is not, nothing will happen. Like, I, I feel comfortable saying that nothing will happen because the president can just make an investigation go away. Like, yeah, you're not going to investigate my son. Yeah. And we're going to force the, the head investigator to resign. Yep. That's going to go away. Like, and then there's it, nothing you're going to do about it. There's nothing you, the American people are going to do about it. Just sit and watch guys. We're not going to do shit about the Epstein thing. We're not going to go do shit about Hunter Biden's laptop. We're not going to do shit about, uh, Ashley Biden's, um, diary that says that she was taking inappropriate showers with her, with her brother and her father who happens to be a sitting president. We're not going to do anything about the bribes that, that Cuomo took in, in New York. We're not going to do anything about the bribes that Chris Christie took. We're not going to do anything about, you know, the Google co-founder, um, JP Morgan. We're not going to do anything about any of these things. Matter of fact, the, the person who drops these and whistle blew on these in the Virgin Islands, we're going to force her to resign early and we're going to fire and take her off the case. And there's not going to be a case. A lot of people are saying like, well, who is John Durham that wrote the Durham report? Uh, Durham, uh, this is according to the uh, alternative press. Durham has spent decades as a Justice Department prosecutor. His past assignments include investigating uh, the FBI's cozy relationship with mobsters in Boston, on the CIA's destruction of videotapes, um, and harsh interrogation uh, of terrorists and subjects. Uh, he was appointed in 2019 to investigate potential misconduct by the U.S. government officials as they examined the Russia election interference in 2016 and whether there was any illegal co uh, coordination between the Kremlin and Trump's presidential campaign. Obviously, what, what came out of that report was that all of the evidence goes back to fake reports written by the FBI. Um, and, oh, and by the way, one of the fake reports written was a guy who owns the majority of his businesses are in Russia. And that was Hillary Clinton's big, you know, 
that was that was you know her her big piece of evidence there uh, which came back completely listen uh it's worth talking about it's worth educating yourselves about um it doesn't matter where you look for this information on the Durham report if you go to CNN if you go to Fox News if you go to AP if you go to the New York Post it's all saying that it does not look good for Hillary Clinton it does not look good for the FBI and when you have everybody unanimously saying it doesn't look good for them uh, then that's something you as a law enforcement officer, you as a first responder, you should pay attention to that. Because again, I, like I said, at the beginning of the show, this all starts with you guys. These people all started out some way or the other as, you know, some kind of a street cop or, you know, a private in the military. A lot of these guys went to boot camp. Um, you know, they, they started off as junior ROTC guys before they went to West Point. And, you know, at some point they were at the lowest level. And you don't make it to this level of corruption unless you're just taking tiny steps towards corruption your whole life. Your whole career is about climbing the corporate or the political ladder. And some of them have good intentions where they say, yeah, but I'm going to I'm going to play the game until I make it to lieutenant colonel so I can change things. But right now you just got to play the game. Well, every time you just play the game and you don't fight back, that's one more little piece of corruption that you're attached to. And it all starts at the bottom. There's got to be zero tolerance for corruption. When somebody wants you to write a report that you shouldn't write, or they want you to nature change a report because it'll look better for one part of the city, and if and, and you do it just because you don't want to ruffle any feathers, but you know it's wrong, or when you change a rec report. I had a rookie one time that was forced to change a rec report um, because he was bullied by the chief of police and the city manager because it was the city manager's daughter that was involved in the car accident. And although all the witnesses on scene said that the, the city manager's daughter's boyfriend was the one that was driving with no license, uh, he was forced to change the report to her driving. Even though every witness, including the person that got hit, said the male was the driver. And he was brought in, sat down in front of the chief, the city manager, the assistant city manager, and the captain of the internal affairs, and they sat there and made him rewriting. And he called me on the phone, wanted me privately in a parking lot, said that he was going to resign as a police officer because he could not believe that he was just forced to do that. And, and that's where it all starts. That guy now works in the banking industry. He did resign. He did do it. And he did resign after he did it because he felt terrible. He felt like he had sold his soul. And that's a sad, that's a sad place to be. And that's where we're at right now. That's where Speaking we're at right now. Feeling terrible. You know what I haven't heard since the Durham reports come out? I haven't heard uh, anybody doing retractions for any of the bullshit that they have just harped on for the past six years. Yeah, you know, why wouldn't CNN or why, why wouldn't um, ABC or NBC? I think NBC might have been the worst. And the NBC just every single night, Russia collusion, Russia collusion, bombshell news in Russia collusion, bombshell news. Oh, new, new Russian collusion. You know, we we've got constantly. an informant, an informant with key witness information. That, okay, so for for six years, you're going to have to go back to your Rolodex, and anybody that said they were informant, you need to call them up and go, "Hey, you're full of shit, and you're not an informant anymore." Or were they just along with it? Were they mm -hmm. were they going to just going along with the thing? We're going along with the narrative, going along with. So the, if CNN's coming out now and go, "Yeah, this looks bad." Well, maybe it's because they're all trying to think, okay, they're they're on damage control. They're like, all right, so when this starts going blowback, they're going to start rolling heads. Maybe. 
well, they won't because no one is going to get fired from CNN. No one from MSNBC is going on a vacation. I don't only think anybody Carlson. No, only only the people that are going to try to report and do real journalism are going to get let go. Like the people yeah, like, breaking points or, or from. But what's crazy Tucker is Carlson. Alex Jones, like that Friday or Thursday or Friday before uh, Tucker got fired, Alex Jones goes, hey, this is either going to change this landscape of what he's about to report on or he's going to get fired. It's like you can't call these things and then they happen and then people go, well, you can't or you're a conspiracy theory. Well, we're not conspiracy theory. We're we're Miss Cleo's of the 90s. That's what we are for today, because we can tell you what's going to happen because like when have you been wrong? And if you ever been wrong, we eat our bullshit. If we're wrong on something, we have to come out and go, hey, we're wrong on this. But nobody else is really coming out when, hey, we're wrong. So you d- it's hard to believe anything that they're putting out because it's been so yeah, Alex bad. Jones. Alex Jones was charged with like, I mean, what was it, like $400 million or was it $4 billion that yeah. he had to pay back towards Sandy Hook because he was so wrong. So does NBC get to pay Trump back because they, because they were so wrong about Trump? He filed a suit and against collusion? a couple people. Let me, let me pull up real quick. Um, yeah, he, Trump filed. So yes, I think he did uh, just file a defamation suit. Oh, good. Good. Uh, well, that would be breaking news, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah, but no one's going to report on it. Well, so, yeah, yeah I mean, that's the problem. Well, they put it behind yeah. a paywall. Yeah, nothing's up. The most thing I could see is like five days ago, three weeks ago. That's initially come up. I'll have that for uh, for next week. But yeah, that no one's coming out and going, "Hey, we got this wrong." They're coming out going, "Hey, yeah, maybe this looks bad." But that like they're not coming out going, "Like, like look." This is like for the news and media and everybody else to to have our support and have us just believe them. They need to come out and go like, look, this is why we were doing this. This is why we went with this. This is the evidence that we were seeing. This is what the inform like. They need to start outing some informants. They need to. They're they're going to have to fall on the sword. If not, here's the thing: gonna, is that nobody trusts mainstream media nope. anymore because it, it, it is it is propaganda. Um, propaganda. Matter of fact, somebody just went to a, a concert the other day. And they said in the middle of the concert that the uh, performer um, had to read a teleprompter that was all about Ukraine. And they were playing like a video of Ukraine behind them. And it was like the worst propaganda film that they'd ever seen in their whole life. And you could tell that she didn't write any of that. She wasn't speaking from the heart. She was just reading from a teleprompter and she was reading it monotone. Like she didn't even have any like emotion about it. She was just like, yeah, I'm forced to read this because, you know, whatever media company is paying for it. You know what I mean? Is sponsoring it. Um, and, and that's what's become crazy. And it's the lack of transparency. It's the lack of accountability. I mean, when you got, when you got things like Hunter Biden, where we know this is true, we, we, we we're watching Hunter Biden do tons of drugs and fuck tons of hookers and prostitutes, tons of illegal activity. Uh, when he's taken uh, millions of dollars from Ukraine in the Burisma deal, uh, when you got uh, all of these things that have been laid out on a silver platter and nobody's doing anything about it, there there can't be any trust. There can't all there can be is brainwashing and, and just blindly uh, going with what what's being put out there. And the Covenant School mass shooting, which is our next article, is another. Like I said, this whole show today is just about mass corruption. But here we have we nobody trusts anything that's going on anymore. We know that. But nobody's trying to do anything to regain the trust. In fact, um, they're doing just the opposite. So 
the Covenant School, where Audrey Hale fatally shot six people, um, there's now they're they're now not going to release the manifesto. Just you're just not going to get it. And they're saying that it's the the Covenant School is the one behind that, the Presbyterian Church. Um, they're they're the ones that went to the courts to try to hide the manifesto um, because they feel that it gives out too much information about the school and about the teachers. Well, let me ask you this, Deadleg. Could you not just redact those particular parts of the manifesto? We knew how many pubes were on the testicles of the dude from Texas before his body hit the ground. But this, we know that there is a damn manifesto and they're not releasing it. Redact it. Take that personal information out and send it out. You don't redact body camera footage. That body camera footage was edited. They blurred stuff out of that. That got put out. Yeah. What What could possibly you learn from the manifesto that you can't learn uh, as far as the, the layout of the school and stuff that you couldn't go ahead and just pull actual video of the school? I mean, you could probably go online and find a million pictures of that fucking school. What information could be in the manifesto that could give more information about the layout of the school? Because that was one of the things released. Um, I'll just read it to you. This is uh, an article from the New York Post. Um, uh, the two lawsuits against the city of Nashville seek the release of the manifesto and other information that was discovered in the aftermath of the shooting that killed nine uh, nine-year-old students, that killed three nine-year-old students and three school staffers, including the academy's headmistress on March 27. Local authorities have said that they would release the trove of documents, but delayed the disclosure once the legal challenges were brought forward. The legal papers obtained uh, from the Covenant School argue records being sought could include the layout of the church's facilities and confidential information pertaining to the Covenant Church employees. Again, what church layout could you not find from all the pictures and the videos that are already out there? And, and when it pertains to information about teachers and workers and students, that could all easily be redacted. Why are they hiding the manifesto? What is, what is the purpose of hiding the manifesto? Because it doesn't support anything of a narrative. It would support, my belief is there's probably issues in there about mental health that this person has cried out, like that there's failures in there and they don't want to let those failures out. They don't want to air out the dirty laundry. I mean, nobody wants to air out the dirty laundry, but I mean, it's, it's just. So like, all of this comes after the Tennessee house Republicans called for the officials to release Hale's writings as well as relevant medical records and toxicology reports. They're not releasing any of those things. 66 out of 74 GOP members signed the letter arguing they need the information to help guide their decision on whether to support new gun laws, which I think, yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't take a case and implement new policies and rules if you don't have the totality of the case. Well, no, here, here's, you know, and here's what I'm thinking. If, if if the manifesto talks about her being diddled as a child by some some pedophiles or some shit like that, don't you think that's important? Don't don't you think that that's an investigation that could be opened up, or don't you think that that you know that that might be the cause of why she did that? Or what if he she writes that uh, um that she's doing it for some kind of transvestite? I don't know. They uh, got ideology, or there's some big cause behind it, or something they've seen online, like. 
But the Tennessee House Republicans, they tweeted, if we hope to pass meaningful legislation that effectively deters this kind of targeted attack, we must have all the facts. And I totally agree with that tweet. You have to have the totality of the circumstances before you can make decisions. And, I, and, and again, it goes back to transparency. There is, uh, there is such a lack of transparency going on in the Department of Justice um, and, and, and higher government that it, it just makes it very hard to believe anything that these folks are saying. Like, you want me to believe all of that? You want like with transparency and, and when you talk about reform, I challenge someone who is listening to this. You can get me on Instagram uh, if you find it. Find a state where murder is legal, and I'll tell you where it is. It is if you're someone like Alec Bolt, like if you're in a, an, an elite class, if you make enough money. Then it, then it might be you might be able to, to pay your way and get off the hook because Alec Baldwin shot someone in the face and he's not going to do anything. We got this dude in New York that took the guy out on the train and he's getting you no know, he's going through the ringer. So they need to if you want transparency, you got to have it out. Not only that, if you want to talk about gun legislature and gun laws, this OK, I'm all for it. How will another law prevent someone from breaking a law? that they already broke. If someone wants to kill someone, they're going to kill someone. If you want to ban guns, you don't think that they're going to kill someone. I will take 13 seconds. I will Google stabbings in Europe, and I will probably be able to pull up 10 or 15 different argue, articles of mass stabbing events from overseas. So it doesn't matter what the device is. It's the person the person is what causes the issue. And to get to the bottom of it, you need to know what's going through their brain. And if they wrote, like, I don't know, a manifesto about what they were doing and why they were doing it, you want to get that out to people to let them know, like, hey, this is a one-off thing. Or no, this is something that we need to be looking for. This is something that we need to possibly identify with other people and look, look at. Because uh, when Andrea was talking about, like, the FBI profilers and the thing that, it, that it's a very loose science, but you put all this data in there to get the best results out. If you don't have all the data, then you're not going to get the best results. So they need to release it. And the fact that they're, that they're doubling down and wanting to not, like, it just makes people like us wonder what's in there. It, Cause you get nothing but speculation and you'd get, you know, you'll get people way, way, way from the right to be able to take that and go, Oh, like, well, there's this in there and they have a plan to do this. And there's a plan, but, but we don't know. Just release it. Redact all the personal information. Redact anything that you think's you know. And, and redact it reasonably, right? Like don't redact yep. it like you redact the Epstein shit, where you you, you know where it makes it absolutely zero sense. Um, yeah. And they're saying that the school is the one that's pushing for the redactions. I don't believe that for a second. Um, I mean, maybe they're being encouraged to. And again, if they are, if they are the ones that want to tie the redactions, it's it's if if there's a teacher that caused this person to snap we should know that that should be a lesson to be learned that you know words things that you do or the way that you treat students uh can affect them long term i mean my my old teacher miss mosley um you know she said i was going to amount nothing but a garbage man and you know and i said well that's fine i mean what's wrong with being a garbage man even if that's all i amount to i mean a garbage man probably makes more than a fucking teacher does you know what I mean? Um, but literally, the reason why my company is called C Minus Studios that Failure Stop falls under, and uh, ever since I worked for Dragon Bros, 
my LLC has always been C minus studios is because she said, I'll be nothing but a C minus student my entire life. And I'm going to grow up to be a garbage man. Um, and she was a complete bitch, but I, you know, I, if it's something like that, obviously I, I would hope that it was a lot worse than that. You know, I don't think anything justifies shooting innocent human beings because you're upset, but you know, I do wonder, you know, was, was, was he molested? You know, was, uh, these are all questions we don't have answers to. And unless they release the information, we have nothing to do but speculate. Throw family members under the bus, think it's family members. Throw people at the school under the bus, think it's people with the school, people with the clergy. Maybe it was a neighbor. Maybe it was the mailman. Maybe they just watched something online. Who knows? We have no clue because they're not releasing it. So it lets us just sit here and speculate. And the longer that they draw this out, the more and more we get to speculate and the reasoning that they have, you can like, I'm not telling people that you need to start Google and stuff, but the amount of information that you can just Google from your home without being on any other dark web, like not like the information that you can get by yourself at home is ridiculous. So to think that there's something in there that says, oh, well, on this door, the pin code is 4545. Well, guess what? You change the pin code and now that's not relevant anymore. So then you can release it. You can redact information. There's 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 ways to put this information out to 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 get it out there. But unless it's interfering with an active investigation, I, there's the reasonings. I just I just don't buy it. Yeah. Uh, and just to continue on with our theme of just mass corruption and listen, guys, I didn't go and search these headlines dead leg. And I didn't go and search these headlines to try to make Democrats look bad. We didn't try to find like, you know, what, what are the Democrats doing today? That's corrupt. These are literally the headlines. And when I say it gives you something else to talk about other than dead babies and domestic violence, these are the things that people are going to be talking about. I'm not looking for shit that people can't see. These are all headlines. You know, you could even say that, uh, all I do is go to the headlines and, and, cherry pick headlines um and to, to to give you guys on on thursdays and that's true that's what i do i go and i cherry pick the headlines i throw in a couple of obscure stuff that's just interesting to me that i find way down on things but you know if this is what everybody's going to be talking about you should be a little bit educated again i'm not a journalist guys i'm not a news anchor either but i do think it's absolutely important that you guys know what's going on i always say it gi joe knowing is half the battle you got to know these things again i didn't cherry pick these reports I literally just go right down. Uh, that that's why I, I didn't even. That's why I threw Chris Christie under the bus because I knew that he took bribes. And I knew that he got off on a technicality as well. And I just find it very interesting that anybody that's involved in in uh, government bribery, the Department of Justice does not give a shit, does not care at all whatsoever. So basically, bribery is off the table. Somebody put in the chats earlier that the mafia just became politicians. Mobsters became politicians. He's 100% correct on that. I'm not arguing with you, but this is, um, this is from USA Today. This is a big headline at USA Today uh, published on May 17th. Uh, Massachusetts U uh, U.S. Attorney General uh, Rachel Rollins uh, violated law regulations and ethics. And so this is a, a, a watchdog that whistle blew on this and she just happens to be the first black female attorney uh u.s attorney and uh or the uh, what is it attorney general attorney general um but they come to find out that she attended a democrat she's resigned because of this investigation uh attended a democratic party fundraiser 
um, and met with Jill Biden, which was an apparent violation of federal law, provided non-public information to try to influence a primary election to choose her successor as a local prosecutor. Uh, she has announced her intentions to resign. Uh, Rollins attended the fundraiser featuring First Lady Jill Biden in Andover, Massachusetts, after being driven in a government vehicle by a subordinate employee in her office, according to the report from Michael Horitz. Uh, the Justice Department Inspector General, the Federal Hatch Act, typically limits political activities of federal employees. Um, so that, you know, again, that was more corruption. Everybody knew that she's not supposed to do this. She did it. Somebody didn't have, you know, there was a whistleblower that was like, hey, wait a minute. But then you know. is she going to face, she's not facing charges. She's just resigning. She didn't get fired. She resigned. Right. So she's going to go be some political commentator for someplace else or be some analyst or some consultant. Like there's no accountability here. She's just going away. Quote, we found Rollins conduct described throughout this report, violation, federal regulations, numerous department of justice policies and her ethics agreement and applicable law and fell far short of the standards of professionalism and judgment that the department should expect of any employee, which less a U.S. attorney. Um, Horowitz concluded in the report, I was fired for owning a distillery um, and this chick does all of that. She was morally wrong. She was legally wrong. She was ethically wrong. And she wasn't fired. Rollins announced her intention to resign on Tuesday. Oh, thank you, Rollins. Saying, thank you for being so noble um, because of pending ethics investigations, according to the New York Times. Uh, again, you just quit, quit before you can get fired. So here, here are the things that she's accused of doing. Soliciting three free Boston Celtics basketball tickets including two for herself, contrary to ethics advice. So basically it was a quid per quo type deal. I'll scratch your back. You hook me up with 30 free Boston Celtic tickets. Yeah, she accepted non-federal travel expenses twice without advance authorization, without advising. One was to California for a little party, a political party, which she wasn't supposed to be at. Calling a local radio show to discuss a case from which she was uh, recused. Uh, that was ethically wrong. Participating in a press conference to discuss a draft opinion of the Supreme Court case, Dobbs versus Jackson, and a uh, women's health organization. She used her personal cell phone to send texts to her staff about Justice Department business. You know, because anytime that you're going to use your personal phone, it's because you think that it can't be tracked like it can be your, your company phone. That's why a lot of your supervisors will say, text my personal phone. Oh, because like somehow they think that. You know. Like the issue with, with the Clintons with using her phone and emails and stuff. Yeah. They like something like that. Something like that. Uh, um, and then the big one, accepting donations to her Suffolk County District Attorney campaign fund after she was sworn as a youth, as U.S. Attorney. So you, you're not allowed to take gifts. Like, you know, there was a there was an officer that was in trouble for taking free coffee. When I worked because it was an ethics violation. You're not allowed to take anything for free as a cop. Now, they've determined that the cop didn't want to be disrespectful, and so he tipped the amount of money for the coffee because he couldn't help it, that they were, and he got let off, for it, and, and he didn't get in trouble. But the fact that there was an investigation over free coffee, that's not 30 basketball tickets. That's not campaign funds. Oh, that That's the investigation. Like, we're using investigative funds and means and time for coffee. And if while, we can, sorry, go ahead. Like, like while like stuff like this is going on, 
Like, well, it's or, hard to take any of this seriously because it's the people that that are sitting above you. They're not leading by example. None of these politicians are leading by example. They're all criminals. No. And, and, and here, this is the lesson to be learned. This is why I think this news is important because you as a police officer, it all it, it starts with, you know, it was the broken window theory, right? If you allow one broken window to just be broken, then another one shortly after is going to get broken because somebody's going to see that and go, oh, a broken window. I'm going to throw a rock through a window. Puts the idea in their brain. So if you fix every broken window, if you clean up the spray paint as it exists, it deters there to be more graffiti. Um, so as an officer, when you come across this kind of corruption, which we've all seen as cops, especially big city cops, and we've all played into it too. I'm guilty. I'm guilty. I've changed. I've nature changed a report before. Um, I, I was forced to nature change uh, or as part of a rape case that they changed uh, out of downtown Raleigh because the elections were coming up and they didn't want to have the stats of a rape in, in downtown. They wanted to prove that downtown Raleigh was getting safer. And so they were naturing, nature changing the address, not nature changing, but changing the address to where the crime occurred. Um, and they said, just put the, the address as to where the person was, was from. And that way, what they were doing is saying, like, oh, it was an accident. What he meant to do was put downtown Raleigh, but he instead put the home address of the victim, which was not in downtown Raleigh. And we knew so that was hold, wrong. So you can hold the stat over until the election was over. Exactly. And in my brain was, okay, this is a very senior official telling me to do it and not giving me an option, not saying you should do it, but saying, hey, fix this report and change it to this address. And I said, well, that's her address. That's not the address where the crime happens. And he goes, just change the address. And do what I told you. And I knew it was wrong. And I knew that I could take a stand and say no, but I didn't because I didn't want to bring that heat on me because that's the easy way out. Um, and that's where it all starts, guys. You know, it's, it's shit just like that. And of course, back then, I didn't realize that that's where it starts. I didn't know any better. But now that I've, you know, I research this stuff and I talk to cops on a daily basis and I see how things are going, you know, that's where it starts, man. And it really is as little as taking the free coffee. You know, and I get it. We all do it. I mean, I took free donuts. I took free coffee, but you're not supposed to. What's ethically the right thing to do? I don't know. That's something to, to you. But the minute you start bending on the rules, the minute you take a penny, it leads to a nickel, leads to a dime, leads to a quarter, leads to a dollar. There's got to be zero tolerance. If you're going to be a law enforcement officer, you've got to be ethically sound. That means not breaking the Constitution for any reason whatsoever. If you're going to write a search warrant, be completely factual to the best of your absolute ability to write that search warrant. Um, don't knowingly falsify the documents as we saw that the FBI did. And the only excuse they were given was they did it for national security. So you violated, knowingly violated the Constitution, but you had good intentions which that's why they're not arrested. If you go on to read the report, it's because there was no criminal intent. Although they, what they did was unconstitutional, their intent was to protect national security. Okay, so why is the guy in New York in custody? He didn't intend to kill that guy, but there was still an adverse reaction to their actions. Mm -hmm. Somebody died mm -hmm. in this case, and in this other one, we uh, subverted an election. So... <laughs> I don't care what you say their intent is or not intent. There's still consequences for your actions. Not only that, you still drug someone through the mud in the media for four years. You're still trying, like, there's still some places that even after this has come out, they're still holding on to the, the, the Trump Russia. Well, they didn't say anything. Well, no. Do, do you need right. a coloring book and crayon to make it easier for you? Do you want me to connect the dots for like, 
this is election interference. This is a coup. This is a, a, a concerted effort to circumvent the will of the American people with an election. That I uh, technical care. dude in the in the chat says cops get free coffee from gas stations near me all the time. We all do. I mean, I, I, every yep. cop that I've ever known, ever worked with. Uh, but you kind of, you know, and, and then again, that's that's the fine line. Now, I did know a cop. Uh, and I write about him in my book as well. I call him officer by the book. Um, he wouldn't do any of that, uh, which makes me think that I would trust him um, to do the right thing all the time, no matter what. But at the same time, officer by the book would also, do, he did everything so that he could get promoted. And, and I don't, I think when the time comes, I think if a supervisor tells him to do something, even if it was unethical, I, I, I think he would do it because I just think he was an ass kisser. And he's not a no person. Um, and although I did take free coffee and free donuts, um, I'd like to see myself as a no person. Um, you know, and in that one time, you know, I wasn't a no person, but I would argue that I think if I knew the severity of what I was doing, I would have been a no person. If I was who I am now, but I think back then I just didn't know. Um, it wasn't until later on that I was like, it's not like I knew when they told me that nature changed the, the crime. I didn't know there was an election coming up, to be honest with you. I didn't know anything about it. I was just like, yeah, that's weird. Just do it. I'll do it. It wasn't until like a year later, I was like, you know what? The reason why they wanted me to change that was because they were trying to get the crime in, the, in downtown. You know, um, I, and, and Meat Potato says that she got an officer uh, coffee at the drive-thru in Vegas. That's not going to get in trouble. Uh, the reason why they don't want officers taking free stuff from things is because, you know. Perception kills. Perception, yeah. And, and you know, they think that, you know, oh, because you get free coffee means I'm not going to give you a ticket, you know, type shit. Or you're always hanging around the gas station. So crime goes down. Yeah. Or, you know, and that was why we did it. You know, we, we got our free Chick-fil-A at 10 o'clock at night, but they gave us free Chick-fil-A because they wanted us there while they counted their money. Because that means all the money was out of the safe and out of the drawer at the end of the night. So, you know, um, you know, if that's what enticed us to come in there and, and it made their employees safer, you know, it was nice, you know, and that's why we did it. Um, you know, the reason why they, we go get coffee, free coffee, at those gas stations is we kind of feel like we're doing them a favor too. We're doing like a little security check. So it's like, we are kind of paying for the coffee because we're keeping that, that clerk safe at four o'clock in the morning when they know, you know, it's at the end of their shift and that's when they're going to get robbed. And that's the highest, you know, likely the most likely time to get robbed is at three o'clock in the morning. It's between two and four. So if we're, we're in there getting free coffee between two and four chances of them getting robbed go way down. Um, but I mean, yeah, you can buy a cop coffee. They're not going to get in trouble nor will they not take it. I, every time I see, if I'm in a restaurant and I see cops sitting at a table, I always pick up their tab, you know, or try to pick up their tab. Depending on what restaurant. Luckily cops aren't going to bougie places. I don't have to worry about it too much, but you know, I always like to pick up their tabs and, and that's not going to hurt them. It's, it's, it's when, you know, again, it's that perception thing. If I walk up and I say, I'm going to do it, then they're going to tell me no. But if I just do it and I walk away, there's not really much they can do about that. So. But yeah, you're right. If you, if you get called into IA, they're going to go, "Who bought your?" Well, I don't know who bought my lunch. You can't. You can't completely control the will of everybody, unless, yeah, unless I don't think IA gets government. it because they're all fucking doing it too, right? Like they're yeah. all getting their free coffee and shit. That's why I think it's a very hypocritical thing. But my point to that whole thing was, is, is like, you as a cop got to figure out where your ethics line is drawn in the sand, and and it's got to be clear, um, you know, because this 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 is just out of control corruption. And every single headline this week was 
in your face corruption. I, like I said, I didn't just go and try to find these. These are real headlines. These are headlines in the news. It doesn't seem like anybody really gives a shit. It's just kind of like we're all just taking it on the chin. And at what point are we going to stop and do something about this? When are we going to stop voting for this fucking reckless, uh, disgusting, corrupt government? When are we going to start taking a stand and saying enough's enough, guys? Release the documents, hold these people accountable, put their feet to the fire. Um, and I hope that, you know, if you make it to chief and you see that the the city manager is involved in a corruption, you know, our chief allowed the city manager's friends and sorority sisters to get hired into positions. Everybody in the city knew it was corrupt. We knew that there were people getting DUIs that, that weren't, um, you know, the, the cases were being dropped for, you know, technical, you know, you as a chief should be calling that stuff out. You should, you know, they, they just, that's why you shouldn't have friends when you're the chief of police. If you're the chief of police, you should be the most hated person in the city. But what we have is that the chiefs are becoming the most loved person in the city, which means that they owe somebody something always. They owe their lives to the city manager. They owe their lives. To, and that's why I've always agreed with sheriff's departments and that you should be voted in by the people and not and, and not appointed by city managers or governors or, you know, council members. And, you know, because if you go to war with a council member as a chief, they're going to put a bug in the, the manager's ear and you're not going to get rehired as the chief. And so that means you're constantly hooking council members up for DUIs, making sure that they get off, you know, making sure that the city manager's daughter's boyfriend doesn't get, you know, arrested for causing an accident when he didn't have a license, screwing up the insurance. And you go down this, this path of corruption, which, you know, that unfortunately crime in the city was up uh, greatly due to the old chief, you know, and it was shit like this. There was no trust. Her officers didn't trust her. I can't remember anybody that said she was a good chief or a trustworthy chief. She wasn't. And I encourage all of you guys out there, you street cops that are new to the road or you lieutenants or something that you start, to become a non-corrupted cop and that your whole life is spent not pleasing others and not doing quid pro quos for your friends, but really like being an ethical and a moral officer and policing immorality and, and bad ethics, you know, calling out people who are cheating on their wives. You know, how can you be a trustworthy cop if you can't be a trustworthy husband? You know, and I and look, tons of cops do. Most cops cheat on their wives. I bet you more cops cheat on their wives and cops that don't cheat on their wives. I, at least, I don't know. I, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm wrong there, but I would say that there's a very high percent. It's gotta be at least 25%. Uh, yeah. I'd probably say it's around 25%, which is huge, right? Like we all know, and we all know, if you know a cop, you know, a cop that's cheating on their wives and, and we brag about it. They boast about it. Everybody knows that they're doing it. And oftentimes they know the spouse uh, that they're cheating on and they keep it a secret. That's that's immoral. It's not right. It's not ethical. Yeah. Start I at can, home. I can name four. I can think of four people right off the top of my head that were in the department and they were sleeping with somebody else with the department. And at least one of the people was married. Yeah. They all work together. Mm -hmm. it, it, you you got to we had a. I was talking with a buddy of mine last night. Uh, not that you can't be like the letter of the law, spirit of law, and you, you're going to be a little hypocrite here and there, but sure. you can't, you can't be a complete hypocrite. And I, we had, I had a younger guy that he wrote a guy, wrote a ticket to a car for no front plate. 
and it wasn't a big deal. There was nothing else that came from it. It wasn't like that was PC to get into the car and I got a big drug bust right, out of it. Right. It was like, there was nothing. There was no reason other than this one thing. Well, the thing is, is the officer himself, his car in the parking lot had no front plate. Well, the guy, we had an he, officer, we had an officer that would just pull cars over for, for tent window tent violations out the ass. And he had the most tinted windows on his truck that had a crazy lift that uh, he was blaring bass music that you could also ticket for. Yeah, same thing. It's like, dude, why do you pull so many cars over for illegal window tent when your windshield is illegally window tinted? Yep. I wrote one person tickets for window tent ever because my window tent was illegal. I wouldn't stop for it because I would I didn't feel like a hit. I didn't want to be a hypocrite coming up and going, hey, man, you know, your stuff's like I might say something to him like, hey, somebody else might say something to you for this. This is a little dark or whatever. But I wouldn't I would write it for it. The only person that ever got it was the guy that told me that I wasn't a real cop. And he got like four thousand dollars in tickets that day. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then, uh, I never pull I never ticketed anybody or pull anybody over for fucking around on their cell phones. Um, I pulled one car over because the light turned green and for like literally 30 seconds didn't move because his head was bearing his phone. I hit the horn. I hit my siren, uh, like my, my to honk the horn, not my siren, but just the regular horn. And he put up the middle finger and then he looked in the rear view mirror and saw that I was a cop and then hung his head low and then pulled himself over. And I walked up <laughs> laughing and I said, look, man, one, you're a dick because you didn't move when somebody honked. Like you were there for like 30 seconds, man. Are we not supposed to honk? I should have just pulled you over. I was like, but I've been there. I've done the same thing. But when somebody honks at you, you just take my it bad. on the chest. My Put my your bad. hand and be like, my oh, bad. sorry. I fucked. If you don't flick him off, totally embarrass him and totally shame him. But I didn't give him a ticket because, you know, I'm a hypocrite. I've, I've done the same thing talking on the phones. Um, Tired of Cool Dude says, workers yeah. having sex is common in every field. When you add combat type stress, it does go up. It doesn't matter. I don't care. And I know you probably don't care either, but listen, just stop doing it. And, and I, listen, the army made it cool. Everybody was doing it. Um, your supervisors are doing it. You know, my supervisors were doing it. That's not leading by example. That's not being moral. That's not being ethical. And you, you can't be a supervisor. You can't be in charge of others. You can't be, um, uh, can't be given advice at a domestic violence case. If you're having exactly. problems at home, if you're doing the same shit, you can't be a moderator if you can't. It's like, it's like these uh, psychologists and psychiatrists that are just as fucking crazy or doing the most fucked up shit that they're telling their try to help their clients stay out of it. How about this? Stop sending dick pics. Stop trying to hit people up in the middle of the night. Stop uh, trying to text message your old colleagues um, that are married. Stop while you're married. Stop staying on the internet super late at night trying to find this shit and get it into stuff. And, and create moral and ethical dilemmas on your own things. Just start there. Start by being morally, uh, I don't know, you know, morally good, right? Like being ethical on the smallest level. If, if you're a first responder, you're a cop, or you're in any kind of a supervisory role, I think we should all try to be a little bit more moral, a little bit more ethical. You'll have a lot less shit that, you know, than what, what's her name? It went and fucked half her police department. Those were all supervisors that were fucking around in the same behavior. I'm not going to beat that dead horse. Cause I've already went off on that. But you know, I think everybody, if, if you just start trying to be moral and ethical at home, um, you know, that's where it all starts and, and holding people's feet to the fire. When your buddy starts joking around and laughing about cheating on his wife or staring at some other girl's ass while they're going down the street and visibly going, mm, damn, I'd hit that, you know, in a, in a, in a very perverted way, um, secret of his wife or whatever, call him out. Hey man, fuck, you're married and your wife's beautiful. And although that girl does have a nice ass, 
Your wife has what a great if, ass too. Or, or what if someone said that about your daughter? Uh, yeah, you know. Um, of course, most of those kids don't have daughters, but um, you know, it's just you know, just be moral and, and I get it. Just try. I'm just saying to try. I, I look, I get it, man. We're all tempted. We're, we all have to deal with our shit, you know. And, and I don't hate you for doing it, but it's that attempt. It's that. You know, again, I always revert back to running a 5K. If I run a 5K, I know I'm not going to win it. I know I'm not going to win. I know there's not a chance in hell I'll probably won't even make the top 100. Not a chance in hell would I make a top 100. But every time I run and I train for a 5K, and every time I show up to the 5K, I do everything as if I was going to win it. I eat like I was going to win it. I practice like I'm going to win it. I don't even think about how bad I'm going to lose the 5K. I train just as I just trained to my best of my ability and I know I'm not going to win it. And I know you're not going to be perfect. I know that I know you're going to make mistakes and you're going to fuck up. we all do it, but it's that waking up and giving it your best not to fuck up and not celebrating your fuck up. And I think we, as a society have come way too comfortable with celebrating instead of apologizing, instead of being like, man, you're right. You're right. I should not act that way. I have kids. I have a wife. I should be better than that. And I'm going to stop. And then have your brothers and your sisters encouraging you to stop, encouraging you to be better. You know, here what we do is, is, oh, he's cheating on his wife and that's my best friend. I'll never talk to him again. I'm going to ruin him. I'm going to smash his name in the dirt. So then, you know, then nobody wants to get caught and then nobody wants to come out because there's no, you know, they're canceled forever and they lose everything. I don't think you should lose everything. I think there should be a chance for redemption in these kinds of things, but we don't even hold anybody to any kind of like, there's just zero standard across the board. It's all hypocrisy. It's all bullshit. Um, and that's sad, you know, it's a sad unless way of going through life. Unless you're a fisherman trying to get over one in Ohio, then there's some accountability. Yeah. Um, and I, and I guess I'm like, oh, shit, dude. Um, I'll say right now, three of my very close friends, two of them are still actively cheating on their wives currently cheating on their wives i'm still friends with the guys but i never celebrate it i never encourage them i I won't go out with them if they're with the girl um if they take a phone call from their side piece i'll just i'll straight up say like dude you know how fucked up that is you know like i know i don't want to hear it but they know and i'm glad i'm glad that that's how they feel about me um, cause that's my standard, man. That's my stand. And they know I love them. They know I'm going to show up and help them out whenever they need it. And I'll be there for them. Um, but I'm never going to celebrate the fact that they are cheating on their significant other. Um, and I'm not going to be a part of it and, and, and help them do it by any means. But, uh, um, all right, guys, that took a weird turn. But uh, for all of you out there, we appreciate you guys hanging out. I'm going to go work on the new studio so that I can be even more prepared because I've just been balls deep in this new studio thank you for everybody in the paid chats today me potatoes tactical dude lumber chef bone colds fleet austin um uh, murph i30 tjr marines bloodbath will cray all you guys thank you guys i uh, just thank you guys everybody for for being there for us and the patreon every single day every single day we're just getting more and more patreon subscribers and that's it blows my mind to wake up every morning and see new subscriber to patreon new paid subscriber to patreon new paid subscriber to patreon um and again we are really going to start stepping it up 
And and I know that some of my news on last call, again, although it is just to give you something to talk about uh, and it's something to fact check yourself, I'm not trying to be the subject matter expert by any means when I'm presenting this issue. I'm just giving you something to talk about, just letting you know what's going on out there so that you're not completely in the dark. It's up to you to form your own opinions on this stuff and to figure out, uh, I do the best to give you facts and I'm not trying to blow smoke up your ass. So I, I think on the fact checking part, I'm safe with all the information I give you. Um, but to articulate it and stuff, that's you, you have to do some of the reading for yourself. And uh, But I think once we move into the new studio and I'm really able to just deep dive this stuff and not have the stress of building stuff and construction and, you know, is the electricity being done right? Is the, uh, you know, drywall being done? Is they, you know, did this come in the mail? Did that come in the mail? Does that set, you know, um, we are going to be a lot more organized coming into the next weeks because of, of moving and all that stuff. And, and the show's only get better. So couldn't do it without your support. Share us with a friend, please share us with a friend. Tell somebody about failure to stop. Leave us a five-star rating or review, like, and subscribe on the YouTube channels. You don't have to be a paid member to help us out. Support our sponsors, uh, ghostbed.com, support Manscaped, support stamps.com. We need those from you guys more than ever uh, because we could not do it without people like that. Freedom of speech will die if every single ad agency discontinues something that they don't agree with or that, that is popular, right? And by the way, have you seen the new Ford commercial with the gay truck? As if they didn't learn their lesson from, from Bud Light. We'll see how that plays out for them. Literally, everyone's like, hold my beer. I want to ruin our brand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't get it. We'll talk about that more later on. Um, but as far as seeing me on Patreon, guys, as soon as I get into the new studio, this is even more encouragement. I will be giving parts of my audiobook as episodes on Patreon. Also, I still have my whole monologue on the C word to put up there. And then I just have some banger guests lined up, but that's all when I get moved into. So I'm going to hang up this right now and I'm going to drive back to the new studio. And um, I myself will personally be sanding the drywall to make this go faster. I'm not a construction dude, but I have been helping with every part of this process to make it go faster. And so the drywall guys, uh, because of a rain delay yesterday at other job sites, they are heading there today, so they were not in there to sand, and they're going to come in there tomorrow to sand and start the floors. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put another layer of mud on there tonight uh, and then uh, work the distillery and then come back, and I'm going to try to do the sanding so that when they get there tomorrow, uh, they won't. Th there will be a day ahead. I'll be like, look, all the sanding, all the drywall is done now. Get your asses on that floor, and let me get moved in by Friday. That would be sweet, right? That'd I probably wouldn't be able to do a show in there Friday, but at least I could start moving some of this equipment uh, over there. But definitely Monday, you'll see us in the new studio. So maybe maybe this weekend I'll be able to do some shit. Until next time, guys, guns up. Giddy up.